0: rock and roll grad school with your hosts Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poley wherever you go whatever you do they will be right here waiting for you
1: quickly how was the Isle? now that you're back on this continent
0: the Isle was fantastic
1: okay did you uh go see ABBA live on tape no no okay uh did you and your mom get the picture of you guys crossing abbey road
0: no we actually were going go to, go to the
1: hard rock cafe
0: no but they okay so i was very well here's the thing okay because i actually loved the original hard rock cafe because it was mm. the original, original oh here we go and it was right I, outside hyde park and before there were they sold problems. out yeah. right so then i kept seeing like because we only made it to london twice because we went in for the play too so twice but we're supposed to go a third time but we couldn't because there was a rail strike so we stayed in the country but i kept seeing like signs for the hard rock cafe not where i remembered it Mm. but apparently there are now two hard rock cafes so the original is still there and i was shocked because everywhere else they're shutting down
1: yeah well there you go.
0: go i'm
1: sorry hello kitties we're gonna have a good time did you miss that it did. You did, yeah.
0: I feel very like I haven't talked to you. It's very weird.
1: It's very strange, yes. But we are not just talking to ourselves today, but we're also talking with the smithereens. I know. Which is a lovely question, even though, or lovely conversation. Yes. Even though I, I feel like I dropped the first question.
0: That's all right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, they have a did new old record out. What was that?
0: Did you leave it in or did you make yourself look better? I left it in. Yeah. That's what we do.
1: Uh killing, yeah, exactly.
0: Um
1: we haven't talked about it, but I feel like we should. Uh this is Guar. The documentary yes. about Guar. Yes. It is amazing.
0: Okay, I need to watch it.
1: And going over all of my my list of, of things we haven't discussed, this is Guar. Really good, really dare I say it touching?
0: I believe it probably would be.
1: And not just because of the various fluids they're squirting at you.
0: Well, you know.
1: I mean, it doesn't hurt.
0: No, of course not.
1: How did you guys lose this record? Was it like in a pair of pants that you misplaced or? Oh my God. No?
2: (laughs) We have hundreds of tapes of, uh, you know, things, uh, how do, no you know life just goes on and and you go on to other things uh so yeah it truly was forgotten you know um but you know since pat our lead singer passed away uh you know we've been uh, i've been looking at our 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 old archives and 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 you know reminiscing about things and i'm like oh this is cool i think uh, people would love to hear this you know, because Pat's been gone about five years now, and um, yeah. you know, it's it's good to put put something like that out there for the fans and and for us too. You know, I, I, I when I listen to it, I'm like, damn, this is this is good enough to release.
1: That's got to be a great time machine.
2: Yeah, put, exactly. Put what it is a, a time capsule. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I'm trying to put myself back to those days and how I played, how I sang, and how I wrote songs. And it's, you know, it's uh, it's it's a great feeling. But when you say time capsule, um, it's
3: interesting that sometimes I find audio to be more of a direct touchstone to a, a certain period, even more so than visual images. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it really does bring us back. Um, as Jimmy said, because we're, all in a bit of a different uh, space in 1993, right. and uh, even though I, I think we're we are all very much the same people and the same musicians, of course we've had a lot more life experience and playing experience since then. Um, but I think we, we still our heart beats the same way as it did when we were teenagers, and. Um, Not that we were teenagers when we made that, but we I think we've always held on to the feeling that we had when we first got the spark to play music and what made us uh, want to do what we do.
0: How have you maintained that spark because I so many people do get so either jaded or even not jaded still love it, but they're, they don't have that just youthful vitality.
3: I often wonder why, because
4: mm-hmm.
3: it's not. It's, you know, I, I. It's not that you become you become you're not going to become childish. You just become you remain childlike. I think there's a big difference between the two. Okay. Uh, to have to maintain that wonderment and that uh, that uh, curiosity and always looking. To hear something new in things and, and get such joy from the things that always brought you joy. I Sorry, I don't, I don't uh, understand why people let go of that. I mean, even if you find yourself uh, as a listener, let's say, let's say when you were young, you were an avid listener and you had that passion where you listen to the radio every day and a new record would come, in out, come out and you would just have to rush to the store to get it and bring it home and pour over the cover as you were listening to it uh, and then maybe if you enjoyed a few years of that and then after time went on you grew up you had a family and you had a job or your path took you somewhere else and um, you abandoned that uh, love and that passion I I understand how people can go that route, but I think you're really lucky if you can maintain that outlook and that uh, sense of fun and life-affirming. Affirm- I'm a little tired today. <laughs> life- <laughs> a, life-affirming uh, vibe that you had when you were a kid, I, and I, I think it's. I think you're always going to benefit in life from having that. That same fire burning, you know. I
0: agree it's too short not to live it that way, yeah, you know,
2: yeah I, I, you I still, yeah go ahead, good Amy. good, like, good, no, I was just gonna say i I still have that enthusiasm and passion and love every time I get on stage or every time I pick up a guitar it's uh I'm always coming up with something new, and uh yeah. it's it's my therapy too, I mean. Mm-hmm you know uh god i mean I, I know a lot of people my age that are retired and they're they're bored they don't know what to do with themselves they go golfing or something and i'm like <laughs> you know what pick up a guitar and then see what that's like you know it's it, it's a never-ending uh barrel of
1: fun you know <laughs> and it's interesting because i feel like on your records that spark is there like heidi mentioned and it's it's present and even some of the more re- recent releases that you've done uh, Jim that you've put together the live records and such Yeah, I, I can't help but wonder if it's because obviously anyone who is a musician does it because they love the art they love the music and the way you guys have throughout your career done Beatles songs or you know did Tommy like it sort of almost do you think that helped keep your finger on that spark that initially inspired you guys to go form your own band
3: i think so uh you know when when we cut that meet the smithereens album which was our take on meet the beatles we did all the tracks in one session we we just we added the vocals later but we went to the studio and we did the 12 songs in one i forget how many hours but just in one day's work and it was like very much like being in the basement when i was a kid and playing along with my favorite records playing drums to my favorite records that's the way it felt for me i'm sure jimmy felt the same way it was it, yeah. it's um, yeah it's uh it really does keep you in touch with uh
1: your soul you know?
4: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What, and with this record in particular i i mean i asked rather flippantly how you lost these songs but with did you not work on these afterwards and go let's, you know, save these and and really see if we can? Or was it just a case of that was two years ago? or That was a, a year ago. We got new stuff in the can that we want to focus on now.
2: Yeah, I think at the time that was probably our thinking. And uh, Pat actually did re-record two of the songs for a solo album, but other than that, the rest of them just remained just remained uh in a drawer somewhere. Uh yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh you know, we did have a rarities album come out uh a couple of years ago. Melon a couple of years ago, probably many years ago. Jim. <laughs> oh, um does... okay. <laughs> it's like uh, I, I don't know why it didn't even come up then. <laughs> you know, it's just mm-hmm. we just totally forgot about it. It's just uncanny. I, I, I don't understand it, but it's just one of those things. And and there's there's other stuff, too. And my solo stuff, uh, I, I have like two albums worth recorded and mastered and done. And I haven't been able to put that out. I, I just put out a Christmas single or I'm putting out a Christmas single this year of a song I recorded back in 1995. I'm putting it out on a vinyl 45. Uh, both the a and b sides were recorded back then what happened with me though is a little different because i i ended up getting a day job i I worked day job for 20 years in in the corporate world which was kind of strange but uh uh, i I, you know i kind of hid the fact that i was in a band eventually people found out towards the end but uh, i never told anybody and i just went to work and um I had five weeks vacation, so I was able to play and tour with the band without anybody really noticing. And um, what was I gonna say about that? Well, that got in the way, you know? So at night or whenever, and same with all these records that we recorded, I did that after work or on the weekends. And um, I just, we just moved on. We just kept doing what we had to do to survive.
0: So as you're living this like Bruce Wayne and Batman life, Yeah. Was there ever. Right. I can. I can I know what I try to do because I have a day job, too, just with doing this. And it's it's really hard to pull off. But did you ever have anyone show up at your show and be like, wait, that guy (laughs) works on the third floor. How how is he? How is he one of the smithereens?
2: Yeah, there's two people at work that that would come to all of our shows in New York. Um, It was kind of weird. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: well, it's colliding
2: it was very weird you know I mean there are times I would take the uh, the red eye home from California after playing a bunch of shows uh, fly into Newark at 6am go to the parking lot where I work change my clothes and go up to work as if nothing happened yeah. and people would be at the copy machine going oh how was your weekend and I'd be like oh, I, was, oh, I was okay <laughs> uh, just, you know the usual I'd said <laughs> "Right, yeah <laughs> not lying. <laughs> but I, I had a note on my computer. It said, don't be yourself at work. And uh, the other one said, um, suck it up, cupcake. <laughs> and uh, I forget what the other one said, but I had these messages to myself just so I don't slip, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I need those.
1: <laughs> I, I'm assuming all of that comes rushing back when you listen to these records now that... You know, I think like Dennis was saying, and you were saying as well, that it's it's this time capsule, and I mean, is it obviously you think of Pat when you listen to your records and think about yeah. his contributions to the band and his role in it? Um, in some ways, it almost seems, in retrospect, very fortunate, if that's the right word, that you guys have all this music that people haven't heard yet, that they can just still be surprised and enjoy and you know always when a, a artist passes away you know there's the oh well, there's there's not going to be another Stanley Kubrick movie um but you mm-hmm. guys through you know twists of fate have been able to continue to share Smithereens records with folks which has got to be i mean for you guys to discover it and go back to this stuff but then for fans to just be like we are spoiled beyond belief that suddenly here's eight, here's ten new songs that you know, we've heard a couple of them, but we haven't heard them all. Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: Dennis, I, I I don't mean to like not let you speak here. <laughs> okay, oh, go ahead. Uh, that wasn't really a question, was it? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it was It was circuitous. Um,
1: but, I mean... <sighs> I I guess it's sort of like, have you? What is? What's the fans' reaction to this stuff that they get to just continually hear? Oh, it's wonderful!
2: And then they keep asking, "Is there any more? Is there any more?" (laughs) It's like uh, a bottomless, uh, you know, thing they want to they they want to hear. So, you know, we're going to look through our stuff and see what else we have uh, for the future. But at the at the same time you know, we have to balance that because we're working on new material with Robin Wilson from the Gin Blossoms and Marshall Crenshaw. And I'm even working on a song with Susan Cowsill at the moment. I was just texting her yesterday about it because um, I definitely want the Cowsills on a track, you know, singing background vocals like they did on on a song of ours called Now and Then from uh, back in 91. So, uh, and they're wonderful to work with and, you know, we're we're still around, and uh, we, you know, I feel like we should do these things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and just create. I mean,
1: because that's that's what we do, you know. And so, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I don't know what I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> well, and as musicians, obviously, you have grown and changed and improved since you recorded this record when you listen back to it, is it, do you recognize yourselves or is it, I'm going to have to relearn all these parts. I'm going to have to figure out where my mind was at that time.
2: Um, For me. Yeah. Well, Dennis, uh, no, I, I, no, I, yeah, I will have to go back and revisit it because we'll probably do a couple of them live now, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: but uh, no, it's, it's typical of what I would have done then. And, you know, I, I I don't know if I'm necessarily better now but <laughs> um, I don't know when I listen to it it's like yeah typical that's that's what I would still do today I think but yeah, you I pretty much feel the
3: same way I pretty much feel the same way um yeah it's just a matter of relearning the, the material because we haven't played it since those days uh, right. I think we're basically the same players I think we we couldn't help but, get better just from more years of playing you know uh, certainly yeah, but i think our our heart and soul you know as musicians hasn't really hasn't uh, changed that much uh, yeah i think we've, we we all have we have more tricks in our bag now uh, but i think we're we're basically the same musical spirits we always were since we were teenagers, Jimmy and I started playing together when we were fourteen. You know, it's, it, we met each other in high school and we started playing together pretty much that first week of, of high school. Um, and we have tapes that go back to the seventies, and I listen to them sometime. And we weren't we weren't that bad. We were pretty good for teenagers, and uh, some of that will be coming out eventually as well. I uh, it. But. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we we've refined uh, our our playing, but it's it's really the same. I keep saying it, but it's the same essence, you know, that uh, that was that, there when we started playing together.
0: I mean, that's perfection, really, if you think about it, because you've you've everything we talked about before, just still keeping that spirit and love, but then also, you know being more comfortable with the notes but never making it clinical like that's yeah. all anyone could ever dream of to yeah and you know that.
3: the thing is this is you're right i mean we we are good musicians but i don't we don't i think we we um we lean towards expression and uh feel more than um, than chops or uh, technique or, or, or virtuosity you know it's all about Music for me, okay. I mean, I I really do appreciate uh, a fine musician and and their and I could respect their talent, but when you really get down to it, for me, I'm sure I speak for Jiminy too, music is it's about how it makes you feel. That's that's all it's really about. I mean, uh-huh. I appreciate good lyrics when it's married to the right music, but. The important thing is the is the, the totality of a, of a piece, you know, and how it how it reaches you. And sometimes the lyrics don't even matter if if it reaches you on an emotional level that could make you feel good or bad, you know. Uh, if, it, if it gets to you, that's what it's all about. That, that's that's all I care about, really, when it comes to listening to music. And there's a lot, a lot. There's mountains of records that get to me you know and uh, i'll i'll turn to for inspiration and to get me through the day mm-hmm. and it's it's that's really the crux of it is but then again i could listen to a, a an elvin jones drum solo and it'll it'll really move me too you know and, yeah. but, be, not, but it's because okay he had the he did have the talent the the god-given talent to be a great soloist but what he did within the solo has such great meaning and and, and it speaks to me you know but um, whereas there's other musicians or groups that are uh, you used the word clinical before Heidi and some of those people are highly respected for that aspect of their uh, their art and that for them and and um, virtuosity for virtuosity's sake right it's never been our our thing
0: agreed I feel as listeners
3: way. or musicians
0: yeah mm. this is why i quit piano very very early <laughs> so i didn't want to do those scales or learn what they wanted me to learn i wanted to play what i loved
2: <laughs> there you go. yeah I, I never learned how to play scales or any of that stuff i uh Pretty much play by ear, you know. I I, I found a book with uh, charts that show you how to play chords, and to this day, the way I play a D chord is is wrong because <laughs> I followed the, the the black dots on the thing. And I I'm like, okay, I, I just put my finger across these three strings and one in the middle, but I you know now and then later on in life, I see other people playing it the, the different way, and I'm like, holy holy moly i'm playing (laughs) it wrong (laughs) but but to this day i'm still that's the way i play it and it works it works so what is the other
1: way people play it because i only know the way you play a d what do you do with your fingers in this other version uh
2: with the with the one you're supposed to be right yeah you're supposed to put your index and your your uh middle on the uh, g and the e and then your uh or or no. The, <laughs> I don't so, know. But you,
1: you're you saying you bar it with the ring ring finger on the B, correct? Yeah. And okay. The,
2: the, the, the G, B, and, and E, and then I put my my middle finger in between on the B string, and that's it. But then I have the free use of my third ring finger and my pinky where I can extend it and do all kinds of crazy yeah. things. Um, and then, you know, with Pat's songs, he would come in with some demos and I didn't want to play the standard chords, so I would experiment and lift a finger here, add a finger here, and see what it comes out like. And I, I discovered these cool chords. And like on a girl like you, there's an F chord, but I don't know what it's called. But when I was a kid, I was trying to figure out how to play the opening chord for a Hard Day's Night, hmm. and it was wrong. But I, <laughs> I found out I play it later. But I <laughs> discovered this great chord. That, that I still use to this day and um, I, I used to know what it's called but I, I don't know what's called I call it the magic smithereens chord because we I use it a
1: lot I was gonna say like that's almost makes it that much more special mm-hmm. or unique because it makes it's, it your own yeah right. you you've you quote-unquote found it it was just yeah. out there but um. Yeah, I didn't invent it, but,
2: but it, it, you know, it gave the voicings of our songs a whole different feel. And, you know, plus we tuned down a half step, uh, so that makes it darker right there.
1: And yeah. the tone is different. So you said you're working on new material now? Are you yeah. just writing, or have you started recording yet? Yeah,
2: Dennis and I and Mike and, and Robin actually got together together. Uh, and started working on about six songs uh, and taking shape, and um, and then I've been sending tapes to Marshall, and you know, it, it, we just got to figure out our schedules mm. and, and figure out the right way to do this. I don't want to rush into it. I, I you know, I want to make it the best um, possible. You know,
1: have you figured out what that alchemy is? That sort of and maybe using the word alchemy is the answer is no. Um, but what makes the Smithereen sounds other than, you know, the three of you guys and, you know, these other folks who really can appreciate and understand what Pat was doing and trying to to play with his songs? I think any band that
3: uh, is special, and I consider us a special band mm-hmm. uh, in all
1: humility. <laughs> well, you don't exist for this long and not have some yeah. uniqueness and it'll, quality. It'll
3: be 40, 43 years in March. That's um, wonderful! Wow,
1: <laughs> yeah. But
3: I always say that you know people uh, sometimes ask, "Oh, what what advice can you give young people starting out in the business?" Or what what do you uh, attribute your your longevity to, and this and that? And I say, well, the key component is finding the right bandmates, the right people to play with. Um, and that, if you could. Go down the list of any of the bands that have lasted a long time or have made a great impact on on culture. It's I think you'll you know, band like the Who, right? You know, Keith Moon may not have really found his niche with any other three guys. That worked because somehow they found each other and their styles meshed and they were able to create that noise together successfully, the Beatles. It, it it just worked because it they were the right combination of people that somehow it, it it clicked, you know. Um same and I always say this I think the essence of the Smithereens is when Jimmy strikes a chord with his unique voicing and I just hit a flam on the snare, that's the sound of the band. It, it's just because it's the it's the coming together of these two spirits, you know, that, uh, create this sound together. Now it might be because, and, and I'll add Mike to that too, you know, that we, we grew up together. So there's a real brotherhood there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know that because we've known each other that long, uh, well, it's got to contribute to it of course yeah. but, uh, but 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 also could
0: contribute the other way too right <laughs> some bands yeah. that's what it combusts is that longevity yeah. so
3: right but it's it's because um we found each other and we were the right combination you know and so I, again i i always tell people find the right people i tell young people find the right bandmates to play with and um I forget what the question is, but that that was my answer. <laughs>
4: That's
2: perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, God. yeah. So I, the other day, somebody was talking to me and we were just chatting and he said, Charlie Watts wasn't such a great drummer. And I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, how, how, what gives you the right. the <laughs> balls to even say that, you know, <laughs> like, of course he wasn't, uh, he wasn't like what, Gene Cooper, or whatever, you know. But he was the right guy and and that's what sparked this because of what dennis said he was the right guy for the right band he was he was perfect for that band well you know what here's
3: here's another thing about
2: charlie he did
3: um have a deep appreciation for jazz and he even recorded and toured uh a few uh, few times he did a a charlie parker tribute album Mm -hmm. and and um he had a pretty good jazz facility for jazz. I actually saw him play at the Blue Note in New York, a small club, mm-hmm. and I was pretty gobsmacked to see him play that stuff. And uh, that's what informed his sense of swing, you know, coming from jazz. That was his real love. So he could play other things, and he and which might have gained him a different appreciation or level of respect from. People who thought he was not a great drummer, but part of his greatness was knowing what to play when, when you know, and to and to give the right foundation for the other guys in the Stones, and for and to support Jagger's vocals and play the song. I mean, it's ultimately about playing the song. If you're a rock and roll musician or any musician, uh, your, your your gig is. Your mission is to support, give frame, as a drummer, give a framework for uh, the rest of the guys to do their thing and to build on. And Charlie, my God, he was so perfect for the Stones. And and he, he could have played in other bands and succeeded. I, he actually plays on that song um, on the Ronnie Lane and Pete Townsend album, uh, Rough Mix. Mm-hmm if you know that album he plays on that the first the lead off track uh, my baby gives it away i didn't realize that for years but that's charlie playing on that too so he unlike keith moon who may not have fit and uh fit well in another uh grouping uh, charlie i
1: think could have succeeded in,
3: in a lot of different uh
1: bands you know? Well, know it's interesting because I, I think to your point, Dennis, one of the things that sort of makes him stand out and such a memorable drummer is his unique way of playing, where mm-hmm. he's not playing the hi-hat on the quarter note that he's pulling the, out of the way to hit the snare. And once you know that fun fact, um, when you listen to the record, you can hear it and you're like, oh, well, I know who's drumming that part. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But I think it kind of loops back to what Jim was saying and what you were saying as well about this idea of the perfect combination of musicians together it needs it needs to have that alchemy that kind of connection between the four of you uh that communication and you know the original question i think that got us all here was the sort of what is that smithereen sound and i guess dennis you were saying it's it's jim's uh chords and and your snare is that where people go okay that's that's that band i know that anywhere
2: and that's the germ of it anyway you know yeah yeah and it's constantly evolving too i mean there's a song i sent to marshall and he sent it back to me with some vocals on it and man i was tearing up i mean it's like wow it's gonna be a song that that we wrote with marshall singing and it was like i can't wait to record it a proper version of it because just listening to it on my phone it's like wow this is so damn cool you know that this is that we're still able to, you know, put out new music like this, and um, you know, anyway, that's you know, it's different,
1: it's different, but it's 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 really cool. But it's that uh, it it's the, the growth and kind of development too, where it's you guys are going down a particular path, but it's still
0: evolving.
4: that
1: that core, yeah, mm-hmm. and you're just evolving cool. together. Life, life goes on. It's,
2: it's the, uh, the, the continuation of life, you know, mm-hmm. we, we all, you know, uh, just keep trying to be better too. I mean, you know, me personally, yeah. I'm, you know, trying to be a better person and trying to be a better musician and a better everything, you know, but you're right.
3: Uh, it is that core and that's, um, Even in Pat's absence, it's still the essence of the band that Mm -hmm. is coming through. And our fans are realizing that and recognizing that they're coming out. So we played, I think, oh, geez, somewhere in the Midwest this summer. Jim, what was that gig where we didn't have a dressing room until, or we had to get out of the dressing room because... Not Grand Rapids. Where the heck was that? Oh, oh, I was going to say,
0: better oh, not be in Michigan.
2: Fort Wayne, Indiana. It was definitely Indiana. We
0: wouldn't do yeah. that. Although Grand Rapids, they might. But Detroit, we would have made sure. We were.
4: Anyway, we, we
3: played a show and there was a, a band on before us and uh, I just mentioned this because it, it kind of hit home. Uh, we, uh, we were pretty tired. We, we had a long drive. But it was one of those grueling weekends where I think we had two or three shows and, you know, driving and not enough rest and the whole bit. But, you know, we, we, it never affects our shows we, we get, we, this is our gig. This is what we do. We get, we get on stage, the adrenaline kicks in. We conserve our energy prior, prior to the, the, the gig. I mean, you hit the stage and, and you go to town and we did a really good show. And this fellow from this opening band said something to me that uh, I've heard from a number of other people, but it really makes me feel good when I hear it. He's, he was he was he just loved our our performance that night, and uh, and he he coined it or he summed it up by saying, "You guys just exude joy," and and um, it's the best compliment you can yeah. get, really, mm-hmm. and it's true because we love we love each other we love hanging out together we're still good friends there's still a, a real brotherhood here and and we love playing and we feel like teenagers when we do
1: smithereens is available right now wherever you get your records for more information and to order it directly from the source go to their website officialsmithereens.com. they are also on twitter where they were at the smithereens and on facebook where they were at the smithereens official
0: you can check us out on all the various socials be sure to visit our website at rock and roll and don't forget to leave us a review
1: today's show is produced by myself and heidi Hedquest. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together.